0: Okay, this is uh, Slate for Sean Harris's show. Go ahead.
1: Sean, you ready for the having party?
0: Oh, I'm ready. That intro music is nice, by the way. I was almost out here dancing.
1: <laughs> Andy came up with that. He's, he's, the, he's the master when it comes to those things. Yes. I'm glad he made you lower your chair, too, so he's not towering over me too much today.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Maybe I might just push it up as slowly throughout the podcast.
1: So for people who don't know you, maybe mm-hmm. give a little introduction about... What you were doing when you found Bitcoin and how that's yeah. kind of impacted things. And then obviously we're going to focus on the halving party that's going to be held here in El Salvador.
0: Yeah. So my name's Sean Harris. I, uh, I'm from Sacramento, California. And uh, when I first heard about Bitcoin, I was actually in Portugal and I was playing ball out in Portugal um, in Lisbon. And uh, what year was that? That was 2017. Okay. So that was uh, ICO craze. Was going on back then. And I started looking into it. I was listening to all the wrong podcasts. Too bad Bitcoin Beach <laughs> podcast wasn't a thing back then. I could have listened to the right one. But um, uh, I listened to all the wrong ones. And so you were
1: shitcoining is what you're saying. Not yet. I okay. actually didn't
0: touch anything for like two years. Okay. Because all these ICOs started rolling out. And I was like, I don't know what's going on here. I backed away. and um, And then I slowly started coming back to it. And then 2019, I started buying Bitcoin and some uh, some of the altcoins mm-hmm. as well, because uh, because they were the future. <laughs> yes. And, yes. Uh, Bitcoin's
1: and, dead. It's old. Yeah. It's Old tech.
0: <laughs> it's boomer tech. And then eventually, I was like, "Oh, I get it now." You so know, what was it
1: took, what was that that made you like realize? Okay, no, it's it's not boomer tech. It's the money.
0: So from 2017 to 2019, I. I, so I bought XRP and Ethereum, right? And so from 2017, to 2019, I put those three tickers on my iPhone, you know, and I would just look at those or I looked them up on whatever. I don't know. I was looking them up some way on my phone and I would just look up all three of them and I noticed that they all three moved at the same like. It, I thought that they were going to be... Oh, some would pump at one time, another one would pump at a different time. It was, was like a diversified portfolio, you know? And so I was looking at them because I, like, I'd like i heard about them the most. And and then like after about a year of watching it in 2018, I was like, well, they all kind of move with whatever Bitcoin does. I realized that. So that was kind of like the first thing. Um, but then, you know, I was still locked into the altcoin podcast that I listened to that, oh, it's blockchain, not Bitcoin. Oh, you know, XRP is the future and all this stuff. And then eventually just kind of, as I started to, when I would listen to those podcasts, when I would, when they would talk about Bitcoin and sound money fundamentals and the 21 million cap, and they would talk about the dollar and how it's fiat, all that stuff actually made a lot of sense. And that would that would really pique my interest and then when they started talking about these technicals and they would talk about these other altcoins it i just noticed i was getting bored almost and so i think that's also like a sign that i was like okay you know i still had to buy those things i don't know why i had to buy them because you had to but i got rid of them pretty soon after i bought them because then i really started studying what it was that yeah. i had
1: were any of the guys on your team interested in these things, or were you kind of like the weird guy? That...
0: So one of my, one of the guys mentioned it on my team. He mentioned Bitcoin, and I was like, "Well, what is that?" You know. And he was like, "Oh, uh, it's like a money or something." I was like, "Okay, I don't know what that means." And he had no answers, obviously. And then we watched a movie where some kid was like selling drugs, making money with Bitcoin, and so. That didn't help me out either. I had no idea. I'm like, yeah. this still doesn't tell me anything. So then I just started Googling it. And and then that's when I started listening to all these different podcasts. And uh, But no, no one else was really interested enough to actually go... You know, it took me about two full years to actually really go down and down. And no one had that attention span, <laughs> you know. So
1: you were playing in Portugal. Was, it was yeah. a yeah. Portuguese team.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm
1: assuming the games were all over throughout Europe.
0: Yeah. Well, those games. So normally when you play in a country, you'll play on a team that's, and you'll play in that country. Okay. So I was playing other teams all throughout Portugal.
1: And were are most of the other players Portuguese or was yeah, it mostly so, international
0: players? So it's different than it is in the U.S. Because, like you know, like in NBA, anyone can be on any team. Yeah. But in overseas, at least...
1: They cap how many foreign players yeah, you can Yeah, you get bring a certain in. amount of
0: imports. Yeah. And so in Portugal, you get three... In three US United States guys and then one guy from Europe that's not Portuguese. Okay. And then the rest have to be Portuguese. So you always have to have one Portuguese guy on the court. On the court. it. <laughs> yeah, cuz you can only have four imports on the team. So you all there's always going to be one at least one Portuguese guy on, yeah. on the court. So but uh, But so, the you know, best
1: players in those leagues in Europe are usually are the, Americans. Are, are the, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if
0: you're an American and you're on a team, you better produce or yeah. you're going to get cut. Or, you know, it's just not going to work out. So, But, uh, you know, it's just a lot of fun. It's so much fun to be out there to play. I think I honestly think that's one of the reasons what did open me up to Bitcoin was, you know, I've lived in a lot of different countries my adult life. And um, I've had to use different different monies. And so I've been okay with being, you know, with having to use different money. Like it wasn't always the dollar for me, you know. And I learned quickly that if you get paid in a different currency, you got to go through the whole dumb exchange rate thing. And that that just kills you, you know, it's like, why do I have to, you know, I lose a percentage of yeah. my money just bringing it back to my own country or I get charged if my team wants to do a direct deposit into my American bank account and I'm playing in Finland, you know, it's like those type of things would just bug me.
1: Well, even for them, I mean, it would make life so much easier if they just went on a Bitcoin standard. Yeah. Because People can use it anywhere. Yeah, exactly. I I think it's coming. They just haven't realized how much... Because it's a business like anything else. They want to do whatever's in their... You know, for business-wise, what's in their interest. But they also want to do what's easiest. And Bitcoin is just so much easier.
0: Yeah. And and at that, too, you want to... As a basketball team, you want to be able to attract talent just like any business would. And so... If a guy, if you say, hey, we can pay you in this money that, you don't, there's no exchange rate when you bring it back home. That could be, you know, obviously most guys don't understand that and they don't understand how or why. So it's not compelling enough yet. But eventually it'll get there where guys will want to take their salary in Bitcoin. And so as, you know, and then they can go back to whatever country they came from with money that goes across borders, unlike any fiat currency they have. So
1: I know you mentioned before in prior conversations that you had I think played ball in Honduras also cuz I was asking yeah. you how you knew Spanish uh-huh. so was that prior to going to Portugal or was so, that after or, or? I
0: lived in Honduras but I did a I did a church mission down there. Okay, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, and I was so, thinking you
1: were playing yeah, there. Okay. No, everywhere
0: else that I lived I played ball Okay, and then uh, but yeah, that's where I learned Spanish was in Honduras. Okay. So how long and were I, you down there for? I was there for 2 years so
1: And were you in Tegu or where were you? I was
0: in, I was in all over the Northern coast, like by the Caribbean Sea. Okay. And then I made it down to Copan ruins as well, like Copan. So like there's a place called Trujillo. I was actually in Utila, the island by Roatan, Uh La Ceiba, San Pedro Sula, which at the time was the most dangerous city in the world in 2010 and 11. And so, and I didn't even, I didn't know that until I left, which thank goodness I didn't know that until I left. But, uh, yeah, I lived in the most dangerous city in the well, world. Good,
1: luckily you blend in there. Yeah. yeah sure. No know. one noticed,
0: no <laughs> one even knew They just came up to me speaking Spanish. Like it was nothing, you know, it's funny. Cause I would actually speak Spanish and like, I speak pretty good Spanish, you know, and people would be like, what, you know, and then people who knew me were like, they like. They, I can understand your Spanish. They just think because you're because you look like a gringo because you're this big gringo that they that you're gonna speak English right away, you know. And I'm just like, man.
1: I'm glad I'm not the only one who had that because I used to have that. Uh, this guy Jorge that was kind of uh, my right hand man when we first started working here, and yeah, and I'd be like talking to somebody and I would say it and they would look like dumbfounded and he would say the exact same thing. Yeah, and I'm like. Is that what I just, just said? He's like, yeah, but they don't expect you to be able to speak Spanish. Yeah. So something in their brain just tunes out like I'm not going to understand this. Guy. Yeah.
0: Well, it's normally most Americans don't speak Spanish and most Central Americans don't speak English. Yeah. So there's a lot of that's changing, though. You know, little by little, both are starting to learn.
1: Well, definitely here. The amount of yeah. English being yes. spoken is skyrocketing.
0: Well, in El Salvador, it's actually funny because I knew a couple of uh, Salvadorans when I was in Honduras, and they actually knew English really well even back then. Which I was like, oh okay, they got. There must be some good schools out here that know. There's, a,
1: yeah, there are, there are a lot of uh, interna- good international schools yeah. and a lot of even good bilingual schools. Yeah. But it's it's really seems like in the past five years, it's really kind of maybe doubled the amount of English that I hear spoken places. Yeah, so I think they just realized there's so much more job opportunities. <laughs> there so, really is. Yeah. yeah. So what what type of stuff were you doing in Honduras?
0: Um, so mainly just just helping. You know, I was doing stuff for my church. So a lot of, you know, preaching, teaching, um you helping were preaching. People. Yes. Ah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. In Spanish? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. And then and then helping people out too, right? Like if they needed things built or yeah. if they needed yard work done. Whatever. Like we were just there to to be to And did you help. had
1: you planned on going for a long period of time when you um, first went there?
0: Yeah, I was planning well, I wasn't sure when I was like, you know, exactly when and um, and then one eventually, I just made the decision. Okay, I'm going to go and I'm okay. going to do this. How old were you when I was 19? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So nice. so I went down. So there then there.
1: after you played ball after that time, so you yeah. took two years off in yes. Honduras.
0: Yeah, and yeah. you
1: were able to come back and play. yeah, that's, yeah. That's impressive. Went
0: back to playing some college ball. And usually,
1: uh, when people leave for a couple of years, it's hard to come back. It
0: was it was hard. It was hard to get back in shape, and I actually tore my ACL twice coming back, which was not fun. And um, luckily, in all that mix, I still got a scholarship to play Division One. Really? And yeah. And where, where at? At uh, I ended up playing up at Utah State. Okay. And um, in the Mountain West, and so that was a ton of fun because we get to play, you know, UNLV. We get to play like uh, New Me- New Mexico. They got this huge arena. It's called the Pit. And San Diego State. So that was always fun. Okay. In the, the no. wintertime, it was like, oh, we can't wait to go to San Diego. <laughs> get out of this cold weather so uh but yeah it was it was fun and honduras taught me a lot you know i think it humbled me a lot and you know i was living like a regular person in honduras you know i wasn't living any type of fancy life i was living in tin roof homes with cement block walls with cement floors With showers that didn't work, you got to get a bucket and you put the water on yourself. It's always a cold shower. You're washing your clothes out of the pila water. You have no washing machine, no, you know, no dryer. You're hanging all your clothes like it's it was legitimate life. Um, And and it was happy. But I was happy. You know, you didn't need. I think a lot of people think you got to have all these amazing things, but you get used to to whatever you get used to. Yeah. And and you find other things to be happy about and other goals and and so for me it was it was a really good lesson for me to just live life in a different way than I'd never lived before or experienced and and meet people and gain friends who were living that way and just that that's why I really feel you know I, I made a lot of friends in Honduras and and uh, and so when El Salvador made this made the announcement I got really excited because it was like you know Central America is winning. And they deserve it. The people here deserve it. There's so many good people down here. They're always willing to give you a hand or to help you out or to such hard workers. Yeah. Like carrying stuff on their backs. The women are carrying stuff on their heads. They'll walk as far as they need to. And so to me, it was just like, you know, I don't think most of the issues that are down here are caused by the people that live here. And so it's just, I'm hoping that a change can really take effect and there'll be a change in Central America, and the people of Honduras will will follow suit. That's really what I'm hoping for. That other every other country will start making this change in Latin America, but specifically in Central America, because that's where I've spent a lot of time and and had a ton of experiences. So it's it's just it feels really good to see a country winning that wasn't winning and. And that well, people to don't see expect. the hope and yes.
1: expectation that they have. Yeah. That just never existed here before.
0: No, yeah, it didn't, you know, and and especially for young guys who, you know, growing up maybe they think there's only a couple of options for me and and one of those best options is joining a gang. And to see how that's changed so rapidly, it's like here, it's like you don't even want to be associated with a gang. No, (laughs) no. It used to be kind of cool. They're like,
1: oh, people have to respect me. So a lot of people would go down that path. It was just like the the path of least resistance. Now they're like, no, I don't want anything to do with that. I want any family member, any friends, any association because... They know they'll wind up in jail. So yeah. It's,
0: well, what's what's funny too is like you got people. You know, I tweeted the other day because uh, I because I'm like Bukelé still in my mind does not get enough credit for the change that he's making, and you get all these people that hate on on what he's doing. You know, because of uh, the human rights or whatever, but it's like it's a totally different situation. It's hard to judge from your home in California. Yeah. What a guy, your comfortable, well, secure yeah, home. Yeah, with, with not a tin roof, yeah. not cinder block, bl- you know, cinder block walls, not all these other things. Like where there's no like not gangs running rampant. And but it's funny. Here's the thing that you know, if you indulge me for one second, the same people who will hate on. San Francisco or New York for letting people come in and loot their stores are the same ones that hate on Bukele for putting gangsters and murderers in jail, you know? So it's like, you can't have both. Yeah, You can't say, oh, you know, look at all this travesty that's going on in one city where they're not holding people accountable. And then, oh, we hate this guy because he's holding people accountable, you know? And it's like, yeah, obviously there may be some innocence involved that, and that that is that's oh, not for sure good. it's a messy yeah.
1: difficult situation but the, what solution yeah.
0: like what better solution is there you know and that's no one can ever answer that you say well okay if you if you don't like it what's a better solution yeah. that you have there's there isn't any it's the what it was not an easy situation
1: well he's done what everybody said was impossible to do yeah so exactly. if it was easy to do it would have been <laughs>
0: done, <laughs> done by you know in the
1: past decade yeah so.
0: yeah anyone else would yeah exactly yeah. Yeah.
1: So I got a I got a question for you. I want you to be honest with me. Yeah. Do you think you could go back and live in those conditions you were living in when you were 19 right now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you know what? If I if I had to, <laughs> I could, but I probably would not be able to take. Uh. My my I probably wouldn't be able to bring my girlfriend there. Like, having And I eventually want to have a family. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think that would end up working out very well. But well, that's if why I, was, I had to, I yeah, could. obviously. But, um, but it wouldn't be the preference of, for mine.
1: Because I did, uh, after I graduated from university, I spent six months traveling around the world. And we were living, I mean, we did this whole thing trip and we went literally around the globe and we spent like six thousand dollars like we were living on like (laughs) three dollars a day and and so we were living in those conditions and at the time it was like an adventure i mean don't get me wrong it was tough but it felt like like this romantic adventure and we're living in the village and now when i am asked to you know like hey can we stay in this village i'm just like Oh man, my days of sleeping on a yeah. you know dirt floor with yes. mosquitoes all night. I feel like i I'll do it if I have with to. With no AC, yeah.
0: with a fan blowing hot oh, wind on man. you. Oh,
1: I always joke. I'm like, I'd much rather. I'll stay in a, a dirt shack with dirt floors if I have air conditioning oh. rather than a nice place where I'm sweating. No all night. AC so. makes a No uh, AC. Yeah. I didn't
0: have AC for two years, and that was insane it's, because you can't sleep at night. Well, the, what, like, what you, what you ho- like, all you have to do. Which sucks is you have the fan that blows hot air on you.
1: Take a cold shower right before you go to bed. But then you just start sweating anyway.
0: Yeah. And so you have to sweat every night to go to sleep. And then the fan will eventually, it'll be cold because you're sweating. Yeah. You know, so it's just. That's yeah. why I
1: always tell people travel while you're young because. Uh, it, you your just, body. Yeah, your can, body, you, everything. It, it You adapt much better. When yes. You, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to travel when I get older. <laughs> I'm like. It's going to cost you a lot more money because yeah. you're going to want to stay in the nicer it's, places. Yeah. yeah. So
0: And you're going to be hobbling around. Yeah. yeah, I lived in Tenerife, and it was fun, which is in the Canary Islands. Uh-huh. I played two years out there, too, in Spanish islands. And you would see all these. It's It's kind of like... It's, they're more desert islands because they're off the coast of Africa. Uh-huh. Um, but there's still Spanish. I've heard there's good surf out there. There's great surf in, in the south of Tenerife. Okay. So you should definitely look that up. I've heard there's good great surfing. Yeah. And, um, but a lot of Europeans will come out there. It's kind of like the Hawaii of Europe, although Hawaii is more tropical. But um, when I was out there, it's like you would go to the touristy places and you'd see the oldest Europeans out there just hunched over. You know, can barely in their sp- walk. In their speedos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> These old German women, yeah. topless. You know, you're like, oh, it's <laughs> disgusting. But um, but uh, it's funny because you just. I was like, man, I want to just keep traveling while I'm young yeah. because you know, when you get to that age, like you, you just can't enjoy it as much as when you're younger.
1: No, I, so I always encourage people take take the opportunity when you're young. It's gonna be more fun. Like you said, you can travel for next to nothing when yeah. you're young because yes. you can, you know. You slam ten of you in the r- room <laughs> somewhere, and it's yeah, uh, split
0: it all up. Yeah, but
1: it just impacts your life so much. I'm sure. I, yeah. I know for me, it, it really changed the trajectory for everything. I'm sure, probably for you too, it's had oh, a, yeah. a huge impact just in how you see the world and yeah, how you only, understand things that are happening in the Bitcoin space right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it helped me learn a whole other language, right? And I do. I think everyone kind of gets opened up to Bitcoin. You know, we we always ask each other, like, well, what was it that made you understand or me understand? And the more I think, I just think that we probably have some type of circumstances that open us up to understanding it or get us curious enough or push us down the rabbit hole because you don't just like, you. Know, most people don't just happen upon Bitcoin. You know, it's a lot of work to get there. So I think all those experiences that I had, whether it's living in different countries or living in Honduras or playing ball or learning Spanish, you know, when I'm an adult, like those things just kind of open me up to, to being like, okay, maybe, maybe there's a different way. You know, I think the, the biggest question I had when I first started, so I took two years off actually in between my basketball career and I went back and started working in for a software company. Uh-huh. And the big, one of the biggest questions I had was, you know, why do I work for the dollar? Right. Because I had, been working for the Euro and I've been working for, and so I was like, why do I, what is this thing that I'm working for? And I wanted to understand that better. And so that kind of helped me go down that rabbit hole of, okay, well, if I'm going to work every single day for this, and I'm going to bust my butt for this, what is this thing that I'm working for? Like, why do I want it? Yeah. And then how do I keep it? if I'm gonna work this hard for it, you know? Why
1: does it become worth less and less? Yeah, yeah.
0: that was a big, you know, Mm -hmm. when you get to the inflation point by yourself, that just breaks your mind because you're just like, oh, this is, they just keep adding more every day, every year, they just add more to the total supply and that makes mine worth less. And I don't get the stuff that they add and I work hard for mine when they can press a button and get theirs, you know, those type of things really push me down the rabbit hole.
1: I remember, and uh, I was an economics major in university. I remember them teaching. And they're like, "Well, two percent, two percent inflation is the ideal," and I was like, "Like, that doesn't even make any sense." They're like, "No, because you know you, you uh, can't push wages. Economy. You can't actually reduce people's wages. So two percent inflation allows <laughs> people to keep their wages." Stable, but in real terms, reduce it when you know when we're having a recession. And they had all yeah. these justifications, and I was like, eh,
0: that just sounds like they want
1: to rob us.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was in college, and they said that, I was just like, when's the next basketball game? I didn't even pay attention to it. You know, that went right over my head. So at least you were paying attention because I, you know, it doesn't make sense. Why should we? Why should but we it's they gaslight it? us. They yes, just, they just. Even the professors that are teaching you, they've never even really
1: thought no, about it. They're just no. like, no, this is, we've decided 2% inflation yeah. is is what is ideal. Yeah. And less than that is bad, and, and more than that can be bad too. But I'm like, based on what? Like, yeah. it's, so it's like random. the old, em- the
0: emperor has no clothes. Yeah. Everyone just agrees on it. And then finally, Bitcoin's shining the light on, you know what, maybe that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The gold bugs were trying forever and uh the the issue is their gold just doesn't work as well as yeah Bitcoin. yeah so, there's a lot of you know
1: a, a lot of things holding that back so well i could go on that about that for hours <laughs> I, but yeah. uh i want to find out and understand yes the meme factory like <laughs> yeah how did that group come together did you guys know each other in real life or is this no. a twitter thing it, or all or? twitter all okay. on
0: twitter we we so this what we all met each other in 2020. We all kind of started going down the Bitcoin rabbit hole in 17, 18, 19 and um none of us really had anyone in our lives to talk Bitcoin with, okay. you know. So we all randomly ended up on Twitter and our way of expressing each, you know ourselves was through memes and so we would meme and um I liked the guys who were memeing cuz they were funny. We would hate on the no coiners, we would hate on the altcoiners, we'd hate on the, you know, anyone who, all the economists, the Paul Krugmans. And so we would, when they would say something stupid, right, we would, like, we weren't the newest age guys who just like to hate, to hate, but we would actually, when someone says say something dumb, and so um, we would do that with memes, and then one day uh, we got put into a, a different group chat with, uh, with, actually with Pubby and Anders, they had a group chat in 2020, and then we kind of created our own with just the memers and okay. uh and then we just had fun with it and one day we decided to do the laser eye meme the laser ray to 100k and that was uh chair force one of the guys in the meme factory and uh, i remember you
1: mentioning that at the at the conference yeah. last year that that came from you guys was yes like,
0: really i didn't yeah. realize that yeah. yeah and we did that and then all of a sudden it just we all flipped our laser eyes on and then everyone else wanted to do it and i remember there was one saturday that that i probably you know rd was he's one of the guys in the meme factory mm-hmm. and um he he like put out a tweet and said if anyone wants laser eyes respond under my under this tweet and it was just comment after comment after comment and we all knew how to do it and okay. so there was one day where a few of us the whole i was probably like working 8 hours just putting and just another person after another person putting laser eyes on their pictures and then they all put them up on their they all put them up on their profile pics and it was like and then all of a sudden Sailor had laser eyes and then Sailor was following all of us and we were like what you know like we couldn't believe it and so uh and then you know Cynthia Lummis did it uh and then now it's like uh was it Franklin Templeton's doing it? Yeah, on, yeah you know, I it's saw like that. It's well, like they're putting the laser. Well, Kelly eyes on. had
1: his laser eyes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So we got to a president. So it yeah. felt it felt pretty cool to be able to, you know, be what we felt like, are kind of, you know, we're just some nobodies having fun on the internet. And but um, but yeah, none of us knew each other okay. uh, before that. We all just yeah. kind of met. And started. and have
1: you subsequently met at conferences? So some of or? us,
0: some of us have met. And um, just either at conferences or other things, there's still a few guys that I haven't met and um, that none of us have met. And so it'll be fun to for the so having are party. They, are
1: they coming for the having party? Yeah,
0: yeah. So the, the ones that I haven't met um, are coming. There actually is, I think Rusty's not able to make it. There's maybe one or two that, okay. you know, Becca's pregnant. She's having her baby. So, but uh, most people from the, from the meat factory are coming.
1: So... This is what I wanted. This is the meat of what I wanted to, to focus on yeah, today. Yeah. Uh, tell me where this idea came from. Was it just obvious that it had to be in El Salvador? And yeah. we'll go more into the details of the vision of it, but I'm curious yeah. where the idea came from.
0: So in 2019, like I was saying, I started buying Bitcoin, right? Um, one of the things too it, that I didn't mention of what made me understand the difference between Bitcoin and, and any other coin was the having. Because the thing that brought me to Bitcoin, you know, I was looking at, okay, there's a halving coming up in, you know, in May of 2020. And so I was looking at all these other coins and I was like, oh, well, does Ethereum have a halving coming up in May? Does XRP have a having coming? You know, I was asking myself and I was like, oh, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's like, oh, so these literally just pump because of Bitcoin, you know? And then I studied it more and I, and I studied the halving and I was like, oh, this is, there's so much signal because you have to learn a little bit about mining and how the mining mecha- mechanism works, yeah. how the difficulty adjustment works. You know, why is it every 210,000 blocks? It's not actually every four years. And and then the biggest thing for me with the halving was that it helped me relax in all the volatility when it comes to Bitcoin. Because when I was new, I was like, I just don't want to. I was like, I want to get rich. I don't want to lose all my money, you know. And then when I learned about the having, it kind of helped me relax because I was like, oh, every four years, because of the having, Bitcoin hits a higher high and a higher low. And it's all, and to me, you know, people can say, oh, it's because of the ETF or it's the stock flow or whatever it is. But to me, it's, it's just the how the having works, you know, it's very simple. Um, and that really Help me relax and just help me buy Bitcoin with every paycheck because then it made sense. Oh, the short term volatility doesn't matter. I'm young. I can hold for five years or 10 years or however long I need to. And so I was really looking forward to the 2020 halving. <laughs> Let's just say that. And because uh, so, it's my first having. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, oh. So were
1: you disappointed when it didn't pump right after? Because I think it, <laughs> if I remember right, it went it, it went, went down. down afterwards. Yeah.
0: Well, you had the COVID shock in like March, right? Yeah. And it dropped to like 44,000, 4,500. 4, then it started pumping its way back up. It went to like eight or nine, I think. And then it did drop a bit after the having. But at that point, I didn't care too much. I was already kind of, I was really getting into it. And so at that point, it didn't really matter to me. But I was excited just. Because I was like, oh, this is something that happens once every four years. Yeah. And I was like, this this is going to be fun, you know. And then what did I do during the halving? I was on YouTube watching Pomp crack open a beer. And I was like, this sucks, you know. <laughs> like, this is the halving. This is what we're all doing for the thing that happens once every four years. And it's only going to be around until 2140. And then it's done, you know. Like, there's no more. And so I think that's kind of when it first Got into my mind of we should be celebrating the having because it's it's just it's like this Olympics it's this New Year's type of feeling yeah. for me you know you you've gone through a, a really bad bear market you've made it through you have a new bull market that's coming it's exciting there's new businesses that are coming around that are Bitcoin only some of the old ones have been washed away that have been scams and it's so it's just so much fun and there's so much promise for the next four years. And so um, so then that's where the idea kind of came from. And then um, after we did the laser eyes, then it was like, oh, we could do this, you know? Like, we could do it because now we kind of got a little bit of a name for ourselves. So let's – and then, you know, all the guys in the meme factory kind of laughed at me like, you know, because I told them in 2021 and they're like – that's three years from now what do you you know but it's good thing i started So even
1: back then you were preparing for this yeah
0: 2021 that's when i that's when we started really talking about it and
1: so the first person who mentioned this to me i think was greg voss he's like hey you got to meet this guy sean we're (laughs) gonna have him party and this was i think over a year ago yeah and i was like that's a long time away and he's like or was i'm trying to remember i think it was at at Bitcoin in Miami. So yeah, when maybe was, when was that? I guess that
0: was in uh, when May. May. So I guess yeah. not
1: quite a year ago, but like eight months ago, and he was yeah. like. I was like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing next month, let alone. But he's like, no, you got to meet him. And then then you're like, no, we got all these people. They're on board already. I was like, wow, that's impressive to be able to get all these people to commit that early, people to actually buy tickets. Yes. But you've been planning this. This is not a a fly by night. No,
0: yes, not at all. And so, yeah, we've been planning it and just trying to get the word out even before we went live. Um, And it's been a ton of fun. It's been a lot of hard work. Um, I'm sure as you know, with any, anything that you're trying to do and make successful, there was definitely a little bit of fear inside of me. Like what happens if it fails? What happens if it's not successful? What happens if I ruin my reputation or whatever? You know, all of those thoughts. Yeah. But then the biggest thought that I had was just like, well, what happens if I go to a having party? Because once I really started thinking about it, just like with Bitcoin, you're like, okay, this is inevitable. It was the same thing. I was like, this is kind of obvious That we're gonna celebrate the having every four years, and why not? I should do it because I feel like you know if someone else, I have the idea. Why not? Yeah. And if someone else does it, maybe they turn it into like this altcoin event. And I know at least that if I do it, then I can I can coordinate it and plan it to be a Bitcoin only event how I like it. And so that's what we've been really focusing on is is doing it that way. Was
1: it always obvious to you that it needed to be in El Salvador or was it something that went back and forth or how'd that come about?
0: So when we were planning it, like I said, like there was still COVID going on, you know? And so at first it was like, well, this could be a, you know, an online event or it could be in person. I'm not sure. And then once things like really started clearing, I was like, we need to go to El Salvador because this is the only country that's made Bitcoin legal tender and they're doing it the right way, you know. And so then from then on, it was like, and with my ties back to Honduras, you know, those two years that I spent, I was like, it was almost like a little selfishly too. I was like, <laughs> I get to go back to Central America a few times, you know, <laughs> and I have a re- I got an excuse to go. Yeah, And so that was really why I wanted to come because it made sense It made sense to have a having party, and it makes a ton of sense to do it in El Salvador. And the biggest thing I tell people is most people want to come here to El Salvador. And when they get here, then they really realize why they want to come here. You know, some people have the fear of, is it safe? And it's like, like, if you come here, you start laughing while you asked yourself that question. Um, But people still ask that question. That's normal. But, you know, most people that are Bitcoiners want to come here because they would just want to see what it's like. A country that's on a Bitcoin standard, that's making its way there. Not everyone sells everything in Bitcoin yet, but they want to come. They just haven't had the reason or the excuse or they well, that's what, what it is. Do. They
1: need they, they have this sense of like, well, what am I going to do? Am I just going to show up there? And so they have this, yeah. especially people who haven't, you know, somebody like you who's traveled a bunch, yeah. it probably wouldn't be the case. But for a lot of these people, they've never left the U.S. Yes. or Canada. Yeah. And so I think for them to have like a formal event that at least anchors their trip, then they can branch can off from there. Yeah.
0: Then yeah. that was my whole goal was, hey, let's get people down to, if people want to make the pilgrimage, let's get them down to El Salvador. We're going to do a three-day event. And I've told everyone this, now make sure you're going to explore other places, you know. Obviously, buy your Bitcoin first. Like, get your stack right, too. <laughs> get that first. Yeah. And if your stack you feel is good and you got good income, then come to the having Party and come explore El Salvador. You know, that's really the way that I look at it, you know, because there's so much to do out here. And if you get down here, then, you know, and there's a lot of events going on around the having Party, too, that uh, that we're happy about. You know, uh, my first yeah. I was Bitcoin. just talking to
1: the guys, and I, I know my first Bitcoin's playing something. The, the guys in Berlin are yeah. planning something. I was yeah. talking to them yesterday. Yes, so yes, yeah. so
0: yeah. I'm I'm excited that we can bring people down here, give them a reason to come, and then let them loose. You know, yeah. let everyone just go do, you know, let them go do what they want to do and see the good. And who knows? You know, maybe people end up deciding they want to end up moving here, or maybe they meet someone, or maybe they. Make a connection for a business. I hope all those, you know, good things happen for people. Maybe someone finds love down here. You know, <laughs> you never know. You heard what? it here. Sean promised that you'll find a girlfriend <laughs> if you come to this event. You will find a girlfriend or a boyfriend because there's a lot of girls coming down. There actually are some. There's some women coming down um, here. Sean, not... Sean
1: promised that it's not going to be ten to one. Men.
0: <laughs> just nine to one. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's
1: my, somebody asked me the other day, yeah. it's like, does your wife worry about like you going to like Bitcoin conferences and speakers? And I'm like, that they'll be, I mean, my wife wouldn't worry anyways. We have a very, yeah. it's just not a thing with us, but, but I'm like, have you ever seen a Bitcoin conference? It's like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't think my wife's worried that I'm going to have a uh, groupies coming after me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, you have a different type of groupie, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the type she's worried about. Yeah. The,
1: the type that sometime occasionally show up to our door here in El Salvador, that freaks her out a little oh, bit. When they yeah. just knock on the door, and they're like, does Mike live here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so don't do that, people. Please. <laughs> Call ahead. Um, but no, I think it's going to be amazing time yeah. for everybody to be. Like you said, and it's a great jumping off part like point for people that want an excuse to come down and yeah. even for people who haven't who've have already been here several times it's an excuse they're to all looking back. for an excuse to come back Yeah. what would you say to people who have kind of uh, conference fatigue that they're like uh, I don't want to go to another Bitcoin conference yeah. What what makes this special and different and something they shouldn't
0: miss that's totally a fair question because I've had some of that conference fatigue too I think there's two things first of all you know, when I have gone to all these conferences, you know, I've gone to Miami and the Pacific Bitcoins. I even went up to Hot Halloween in Charlotte, which is like a fun little uh-huh. one. And I've gone to a lot of different meetups, you know, in Spain and Paris, you know, a local one in Sacramento. I went to one in Salt Lake City. It's just fun to get out of the the normie world and meet up with Bitcoiners and you can start talking at a at a different level right off the bat because, I mean, you know how it is when you when, you know, when I'm at work and I'm, people ask me something about Bitcoin, it's almost, I almost don't want to say anything anymore because everyone starts laughing or they make jokes or did you hear about that one guy who lost his password to his Bitcoin? <laughs> it's like, yes, I heard about the... Tulip million. mania,
1: tulip mania. Yeah,
0: yeah. Or it's back, you know, there's nothing that's backed by, you know, it's like, well, what's your dollar backed by? <laughs> You know, and so it's just all of these dumb conversations that you get into. And when you go to an event, you actually get to have real conversations, not even just about Bitcoin, but about other things, too, that are going on that you can talk to people with at a different level, which is really nice. Um, The second thing I'd say is we're not going to be your normal Bitcoin conference. You know, we're not calling ourselves a conference. It's just a celebration of the having. You know, yes, there will be. Some speakers, there will be some workshops. Uh, Mike will be speaking to everybody at uh, at the Bitcoin Having Party. You're committing
1: me right here. Yeah,
0: okay, I like it. <laughs> yeah, committed, check. Um, no, uh, but uh, there will be some speakers and workshops. You know, if you're coming to learn or if you're new and you want to learn more about Bitcoin, we're definitely going to have that opportunity for people. Or if you're like, hey, you know, there's someone I want to listen to, we're going to have that. Um, But we're more excited just for the activities. We're going to have a lot of activities, some games, some different sports. Uh, There's, you know, four different pools there. There's beaches, there's restaurants. It's unlimited food, unlimited drinks. So you're just going to come and get to celebrate and kind of have your own self-directed event. You know, don't think of it so much as a conference where it's like, oh, you get herded from here to here. There's three speakers going on. You got to choose. It's like, no, we're going to have one speaker at one time or one panel at one time. And you can go or you can hang out by the pool all, the whole time and hang out with your buddies or make new friends or start up a new business built on top of Bitcoin because there needs to be more businesses built on Bitcoin. If the whole bedrock of our financial world is going to be Bitcoin. Well, then we're gonna to need to build a lot on top of it. So um, that's what I'm hoping for. Is just I want to turn that lobby con kind of feeling into what we're doing, and just make it a fun experience for people to come and hang out at the having party.
1: So I was explaining to, to Andy, who's the the master behind our sound and video and everything, mm-hmm. uh, before uh, about the event because he's always asked me before to make sure all the slides are set, and I was explaining to him about the event and he said so it's like all the best parts of a conference that happen in the hallway and afterwards <laughs> without the speaker things that you never wind up going you know that much to anyways yeah and i was exactly. like i love that that's cuz that's i, I mean not to knock on conferences. It's great to yeah. have speakers and yeah. it's great to have, you know, a skeleton to hang things on. But everybody knows the best part of going to conferences is the people you meet in the hallways, Definitely. the dinners you go out to at night, yeah. the the new friends that you make, all of those things. So yeah. this sounds like you don't have to have feel guilty about not showing up to the session. No. You, yeah. It's you go and have fun.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so that's our goal is Yeah, of course, when we have people speak, we hope there's people listening. But we're going to record all that too. We're going to upload that to YouTube, you know. And it's funny because it seems like most people want that Lobby Con, but sometimes if you just say, hey, so and so is going to be speaking, then that gets people to actually come. You know, it's kind of funny how it is like, oh, I'm not going to come. Who's going to be speaking? And then, okay, well, so and so and so and so are speaking. Okay, I'm gonna come. It's and then almost, they don't even listen. Yeah, to them. they don't it, even go to them. You it's know? almost
1: like that legitimizes it for them. They're yeah. like, okay, it's a real conference if you have those speakers. Like yeah. you said, then they don't even go listen. Yeah, to them. yeah,
0: yeah. Then they go, oh, well, why would I go? Because I just watch it on YouTube <laughs> yeah. in a day or two. It's like, yeah, go talk to go talk to your fellow Bitcoiner, and you're gonna have a great experience, and we're gonna have some fun things too. You know, Vase is coming. He's, he's we're gonna have a little we're gonna have a poker night. We're going to have a lot of different things that are just going to be cool, fun activities to make it uh, just a blast and make it an event that I hope that people who don't come have FOMO and wish that they did come. The people who did come talk about it for the next four years and then the new corners that come in 2025 because there's going to be a lot of them. Obviously, with the having then everyone we talk about the having party and I'm like, man, I can't believe I got to <laughs> wait till 2028. So it's something we want to do every four years, and we just want to make it something that represents Bitcoin, right? We don't want. It, and That's why I told you in in Miami, we don't want to be Wall Street, but yeah. we also don't want to be Ethereum. You know, yeah. we want to be Bitcoin and focused on real sound money, something that can change the world. And we're not, you know, we're not in it just for the gains. We're really in it for the revolution and how it can change people's lives. Just the way that we've been able to see how people in El Salvador have been able to have their lives changed. You don't have to go on an hour bus trip to get money in front of gangsters out of a Western Union anymore. You can have someone send you money over an app. And, you know, that changes your life. And, the, and these type of things that, you know, people ask me, well, what do I need to get Bitcoin for that are American? Maybe you don't need Bitcoin. Maybe you're too good for it. You know, you do need Bitcoin. <laughs> but if you don't think you need it yet, well, then study it. It's and, less
1: obvious to uh, them. Yes, I it, mean, you've yeah. traveled so much. So you see yeah. why for so much the people in the developing world, it's like so crucial. For yeah. Americans, you have tools that that work more or less. I mean, you're still losing, you know, yeah. several percent of your money every year. But still Subject to third party, it, yeah. Yeah, you still have all that stuff, but right. it at least kind yeah. of works. Like, yes. in most of the world, I mean, the banks in El Salvador are horrible. Yes. I mean, absolutely horrible. <laughs> it took me 10 years to get a bank account here. Then when I finally did... I filled out all stacks of papers, yeah. and they came back to me. They're like, "Your signature doesn't look the same as it does on your, you know, your residency card." So I had to go back through and trace my signature. I mean, there, oh there's s- and 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 that Someone's just like shows how you. they look. You're like, it's like you don't want customers. And yeah. I used the bank once, and it was so like traumatic. I'm like, I'm never using the bank here again. I'm yeah. afraid I'll never get won't get my money, money. out. Yeah. it's like.
0: So horrendous. Oh, yeah. so, and that's for you as an American. Yeah. Imagine a, a woman working at the pupuseria in the middle of Sonsonate. How is she going to get a bank account? You know, it's like how how, you're locked out of the world and you're pushed out of the financial world. And Bitcoin just, boom. Bitcoin is there. You can open it up in 30 seconds. You
1: can have your wallet opened up.
0: And And you can start your business and there's nothing they can do about it. And that's what's like, it puts you on a whole nother level. And there's so many people even, you know, you see the little stories in the Western world. I can't, there's that guy in the UK who, who, he got locked out of all the banks, the banking system. I can't remember his name.
1: The politician, yeah, because yeah, they uh, saw that he
0: was saying they thought yeah. he had ties to Russia or something, and and you know, but they made up some other excuse, you know. And then there's the Canadian truckers and the people that Julian Assange that you're talking about. That guy, no, 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 not Julian Assange. It well, was, he's he's another one, but yeah. there
1: was uh, no, there was another Neil Farage, I think. Yeah, yeah Neil yeah, Farage. Yeah, yeah, Neil wow, Farage. nice.
0: Yes, yeah, Neil Farage, exactly, and um, yeah, and he got locked out of his bank account, and he and he, no and he was like, if I'm like. Um, he's politician like a politician with yeah.
1: like a huge following and resources, and they can lock me out. Like that means they can lock anybody out.
0: Yeah, but then people go, "Oh, it can never happen here." It's like you you think that until it happens, you know, you, you don't think it. Ha- like, oh, the Wright brothers could never until they could. Yeah. You know, this can never happen until it can't. Like all of these things can never happen until they do, and when they do happen then you want to be prepared. And it's it's not like the right time to prepare for a storm isn't when the storm is beating you down. It's to do it before it happens.
1: Well, that's why we've seen this huge influx of Canadians. For so many of them, it was this wake-up call when they saw what happened, not just to the truckers, but anybody who supported them (laughs) in any way. They were like... Wow, I put like a positive tweet about the truckers, and next thing you know, my bank card doesn't work anymore. Well,
0: it's a wake-up call, right? Because a lot of these people, you grow up in your country, and you feel like, oh, this is a good country. They treat their citizens well. We're allowed to protest peacefully. And then all of a sudden, you do a peaceful protest where you say something, and then they label you as a terrorist, and then you're locked out of your bank account. And that's, I mean, that's a big wake-up call. And it it opens your mind to a lot of different things of, if they can do this, then what else will they do it for? Yeah, And
1: that's why everybody's heading to El Salvador now. (laughs) Yeah. So where can people buy these tickets? And just to be clear, they need to buy... The ticket, but then they also need to get their hotel reservation separate, or can they do that all together? How does that work?
0: Yeah, so so you buy the ticket first, and then uh, so you go to bitcoinhavingparty.com. dot com. Okay. Really simple, Party dot com. You buy your ticket, and I assume
1: they can pay in Bitcoin. You can, yes, okay. of course, so, of gonna, course. I was, was
0: going to be upset if you couldn't. So. <laughs> Come on, yeah, you get. We prefer Bitcoin. Yes. We actually give. We are giving a twenty one dollar discount for anyone who buys in Bitcoin. Okay. That's how much okay. we don't want the dirty fiat. But, but if you must, uh, you can also pay in fiat. Um, and then once you get your tickets, we shoot you an email with uh, directions on how to, with a link to the hotel and directions on how to book your hotel room. Okay. So it's really a really simple process. Um, and if you have any trouble, you can just DM me or DM the, the Bitcoin Having Party account on Twitter. Um, and, uh, or you can shoot us an email too. Whatever okay. is easiest.
1: And your um, your account on Twitter is it just under your name or I'm yeah remember.
0: Uh, yeah on Twitter I'm Big Sean Harris okay yeah and then the having party is having party MF for Meme Factory okay um, so yeah that's uh, that's where you can find us and and that's where our our Twitter accounts where we put out most of the updates on what's going on and who's who's speaking because that's so important. And uh, and anything else, you know, that's important. Instead of who's
1: speaking, you should say, who's going to be in the pool? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's hanging yeah, out at the pool? Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And how many nights is it? It's uh, it's three nights. So, okay. So. so kind
1: of four days of events? Or, uh, well, on like, the last day is kind of yeah, everybody goes Yeah, home. the
0: party just goes the third through the fifth. Okay. And um, we're going to have some fun things the night of the fifth. So that's why I suggest everyone stay that night. Yeah. And then the sixth is a Saturday. Um Hopefully we can do a Bitcoin Beach Day that uh, yeah that Saturday. Yeah, gotta
1: get everybody down here. Down here, yeah. Do see where a it all farmer, started. Maybe do
0: a farmers market yeah. and have things. That's that's I would that would be fun. So um, that that's the type of stuff like I like to. I'm ha- I'm really happy that people are going to come to the having party, but I'm even happier that they're coming to El Salvador and get to explore and get to experience this and then come back. You know, see what it's like now. Come back in a couple of years. You know all of those El- elzante's paved now right <laughs> this know, was not it's, paved. it's amazing how much <laughs> yeah. like
1: how much nicer everything's gotten <laughs> yeah. huh
0: elzante was not paved no. when i was here two no. years ago and uh and now it is so I, it's like whoa i didn't i uh, was expecting to do a little bumpy driving <laughs> through here and and i'm not so it's nice
1: yeah it's it's amazing how i mean there's just so much progress not just in El Zante, across the country. You yeah. see construction happening everywhere. You see it's like it's like the whole country's just leveling up. If it was a video game, it would be, you know, yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. you're at the next level. I mean, it, it's happened so quick, and, and it's, you know, the administration here is not satisfied with just making it a little better. They yeah. have these long-term goals of making El Salvador the premier place for people to live. So
0: They're doing a good job. I think that's part of it, right? Like, you... I think they realized when they did Bitcoin, right? Okay, well, we got to get rid of the gangsters because how can you have an economy if every business is getting extortioned and if people are just, you know, getting murdered that are innocent, how can you have any foundation? Yeah. And they did that, right? Okay, well, now we need to get the infrastructure up. They're doing that, right? And so it's like, it's just a runway that's coming and they're just doing it. To me, they're making all the right moves. And so I don't understand, I honestly don't understand any haters. I don't understand how you could hate on anything, really, because, like, what are you thinking? of? Why are you hating on, what do you need to hate for? Yeah. But um, for something so beautiful that's going on, that's changing in a place like this, where I've seen, you know, I lived in the most dangerous city in the world, in San Pedro Sula, where I saw dead bodies. I heard people get shot, walk out, you know, see someone right there. I've seen those things. Yeah. to see and then to come here and to see how safe it is and how nice it is and how friendly everyone is and people to feel like they have their country back. It's like this is, this is how the world should be. This is how this is, like, it's going in such a good direction. I hope I can do everything I can to just bring shine a good light on, on El Salvador and make it, you know, and make it a destination that people want to come to more often.
1: I think that's a good note to to finish up on. So people, make sure you get your tickets to the halving party. Do not wait till the last minute because there is a limited supply. And as Bitcoin price starts to run up, people start to FOMO into things. So you want to make sure you're not left without a ticket. Uh, Make that happen. It also makes... Planning things as a conference much easier if you you know ahead of time. When you have to scramble at the last minute and try to add extra things, it just makes things super complicated. So um, I've I've done some different events, and so I know what a headache that is. So do Sean a favor, make your plans to come, book your ticket, and start getting excited about it. And don't just go to that event. Make sure you attend some of the side events that are happening and just explore the country. Uh, I don't know if do you have anything else you want to leave with.
0: No, thank you. This is awesome. I'm happy to be in, in El Zante with you. So I, I really appreciate you letting me come on and and just inviting me here to, to talk. So thank you
1: definitely well we'll let you go so you can go uh, back with your girlfriend so you don't get in trouble there uh, <laughs> yeah but uh it was great and i am looking forward to uh, d- let's just announce the day it's in april yeah april 3rd through the 5th th- or april 3rd through the 5th yes. so yeah uh yeah make sure that you have that blocked out on your calendar that you're uh, that you're here so all right all right thanks sean thank you